Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, that's me, ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. It's 3 o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this— all of My Mochi's fabulous flavors like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings or the midnight munchies. Yeah. You know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Bite.com. Bite Clear Liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is the Ion Travel Podcast with CBS News travel editor Peter Greenberg. Hi, everybody. Peter Greenberg here with another edition of the Ion Travel Podcast. So think about the weird cause and effect of Travel 2022. Rent a car? Go to jail. You heard correctly. And Gary Leff, founder of ViewFromTheWing.com, has the scoop on this bizarre development. How about check an airline bag? Never see it again. Brian Owens knows where a lot of those bags go. 
to Scottsboro, Alabama, the burial ground, if you will, of all lost airline bags. And then the story of a man who bought an old cruise ship on Craigslist. Could this summer be any more weird? Christopher Wilson talks to me about how he bought the ship. It's called the Aurora. And of course, why he bought it. So welcome aboard. We've been expecting you. First up, Brian Owens. Graduation is a sweet occasion, but finding the perfect gift can be a bitter struggle. MMS.com has a solution. Personalized M&Ms. Just imagine the look on your grad's face when they receive a custom candy creation featuring their school's colors, name, and even their photo printed right on some M&Ms. It's a thoughtful way to celebrate their accomplishments and make the occasion even more special. Visit MMS.com to create your own personalized gifts and party favors for graduations, weddings, birthdays, and more. That's MMS.com. Use code WONDERY to receive 15% off your next order. Brian Owens, welcome to the show. Thank you, Peter. It's always good to be with you. You know, uh, having visited your location so many times, and in the interest of full disclosure, having bought so many items there, <laughs> uh, I always like to come back because you guys are like the size of three Kmarts. It's unbelievable what's for sale there. It's unbelievable what people pack in bags. It's unbelievable what people, you know, that they can't get reunited sometimes because, you know, baggage tags rip off, there's no ID, and that's where it ends up in your location. And, I mean, imagine walking into a store that has display cases full of iPads and iPods and, and cell phones and, and Rolexes and Ray-Bans. And, I mean, I can continue and continue. Uh, your clothing section, at least, and correct me if I'm wrong, your clothing th- section, at least half the items there are brand new with price tags still on them because when people travel, they're packing their new clothes for their trip. Uh, you have an annual ski sale. Uh, think about that. Mm-hmm. Um and then there are the crazy things, I mean, that show up in people's bags, um, mm-hmm. things that you would never, ever expect. I remember you telling me a story of a, uh, was it a Stradivarius, a violin? Yeah, it was. It actually was a, a violin made back in the 1700s by a student of Stradivarius. And we will have that on display. We plan to open a, a museum at our store in the fall of this year that will, that will highlight items just like that. And the last time I was there, I, I distinctly remember seeing a tile from the space shuttle. Nobody knows how that got there. We always say if these, if these bags could, could talk, what a story they would have to tell. I, I will uh, take, take that one step further. We had uh, several years ago um, a, a camera uh, that was used on the space shuttle that, that went back and forth uh, out into space and made it back. And somehow that camera was lost and we were able to get it back into the hands of NASA. Unbelievable. And we're talking about 50,000 square feet in this store. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I will tell everybody a very funny story. I don't know if you heard the story, Brian, but it, it involves you. Um, I was coming a couple of years ago to do a story on your facility, and we were on the interstate with my camera crew, and we get pulled over for speeding. And, you know, it's the big Smokey with the big hat, and... And we figure, okay, this is the scene from my cousin Vinny. We're going to prison. And, and the guy comes over, and we roll down the window, and he says to me, you want to tell me why you were going 85-mile-an-hour in a 65-mile-an-hour zone? And I said, well, actually, we're a, 
we're a news crew from the Today Show. This is in the days I was on NBC. He says, we're, we're a news crew on the Today Show. He goes, I don't watch that show. I said, okay, now this is where we're going to prison. And, and, he's, and he said, but we're going to do a story on, on the Unclaimed Baggage Center in Scottsboro. Have you ever been there? He said, well, yes, I have. I said, well, did you buy anything there? He said, well, I bought some hunting gear and some camping gear and a ring for my wife. I said, wow, you want to come talk to us about it? We got a police escort to your location. <laughs> and then here comes the funniest part, Brian. We now have him on camera and I ask him the same question. He goes, well, I bought some hunting gear and I bought some camping gear and I bought a ring for my wife. I said, does, does your wife know you bought a ring there? She go, he goes, no. I said, well, she does now. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> and we got a police escort back. That was the welcome we never expected. But the bottom line is you never close and, and, uh, and the stuff keeps coming in. Uh, it's, it's amazing to me how people, you know, cannot pack properly or not ID their bags properly enough. But mm -hmm. when you think about the, you know, when, when the airlines tell you they're doing a better job of reuniting bags with passengers and they're only losing, you know, six bags per thousand, then put that into consideration of how many people are trying mm -hmm. are traveling. That's a lot of bags. That's a lot of bags. It is. Okay. We talked about the, yes. you know, go, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Brian. Yes, indeed. It's. It, I mean, it, we're seeing more bags now than than we saw in 2019. We're every week we're getting in tractor trailer loads uh, of bags, and and they're bags from what we call the world of trains, planes, and automobiles. And we're stocking seven thousand never seen before items a day. And in 2020, we also launched, in addition to our storefront in Scottsboro, Alabama. We lost an online business uh, so that people can, can shop from online anywhere they are. Unbelievable. Um, and now let's be, I want to be clear about this. When the bags come in, you've not, you've not seen them. You have not seen what's inside. You're, you're seeing them for the very first time. And you have different protocols as to what you will accept and what you won't sell, correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. Yes. We, we, the, they're, Three big buckets of bags that come in, and we and they are indeed sight unseen. If you roll up the back, and I know you probably have seen this, uh, Peter, you roll up the back of a tractor trailer rig to the door, and and it's just packed full of bags with with um, bags, boxes, uh, all kinds of things that that are that are lost and either left in the in, on the airplane or in the belly of the plane. We uh, about one bucket uh, is or items that we just that we sell either in the store or at unclaimedbaggage.com. Another third we just we don't sell. We recycle and 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 repurpose. And then a third group uh, we give away through charitable partnerships. So about a third we sell. About a third gets recycled, and about a third we give away to to some charity partners. You know, it's, it's, it's funny that the last time I was at your store, I was going through a bin, and there in the bin were two videotapes belonging to a friend of mine. Hmm. <laughs> so, I Interesting. so I bought them, and I sent it back to him. He couldn't believe it. Um, hmm. But let me tell you what I bought at the store. I, I bought a watch. Uh, I bought some clothing. I bought, um, oh, I, I bought some iPods. In the, in the days when iPods meant something, of course, Apple just announced mm -hmm. they were getting rid of them now. Uh, and mm -hmm. then, this is the this is the the Colts to Newcastle time. 
I bought luggage. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's unbelievable uh, the, the the array and the variety of things you have for sale. There is there a sort of a lesson that you've learned after all these years as to uh, you know what people should know, what people should do. Uh, or, or any lessons that you've been able to learn and apply yourself? We, we always say you never know what you'll find. Uh, I mean, the store is, is, is new every day. Uh, in terms of travel tips, uh, of course, you want to put your uh, your ID on the outside of the bag, put ID on the inside of your bag. I mean, the more ID, the, the, the better uh, name, phone number, address, email address. And, then, and make sure that, that you, you're not using a bag that maybe you haven't traveled with in a while that has an old address on exactly. there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The bottom line is, give us the website again. Unclaimedbaggage.com. My thanks to Brian. Renting a car used to be a reasonably stress-free idea. Make a reservation, show up with your driver's license and credit card, sign a few forms and waivers, and drive off the lot. There's a shortage of rental cars, and assuming you can actually find one, there's an additional problem, as in prison, as Gary Leff, founder of ViewFromTheWing.com, found out. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Gary, is it still going on? Yeah, you know, the CEO of Hertz uh, promised to um, make it soft, claimed that it had soft, but we've seen several instances of it this year. And it's not just the inexperienced renters that this is happening to. There are stories of Hertz uh, President Circle members, Hertz Platinum members. You know, one Hertz President Circle member got off the cruise, and uh, there were people waiting to arrest him for a car that he had returned. Um, it really did seem that in most cases, it was about cars, rentals that were extended, but didn't get processed properly in the Hertz system, or situations where people swapped vehicles for something else. And Hertz would go and re-rent the vehicle that they claimed was stolen. So people were driving around in properly rented vehicles that you know, Hertz had filed the police report. Yeah, it, it seems to still be happening, even though the CEO promised, acknowledged uh, the issue and, and, and promised that it wouldn't happen again. A promise to, you know, make good with the people that it happened to. Hundreds of people involved in a class action lawsuit. That's even the case. It's got really complicated because Hertz went through bankruptcy. And so the first question is, were these claims discharged in bankruptcy? Well, 47 people have filed in state courts after having been granted leave by the bankruptcy court uh, to do so because Hertz didn't properly notify them of the hearings to protect their rights. And so their claims were not uh, uh, liquidated. So in any case, there are people who are suing over this, people uh, who were arrested multiple times, people who were arrested at gunpoint with their children in the car. Um, and, you know, Hertz has even said, well, you know, why haven't you, why wouldn't you withdraw these police reports in cases where you can't verify that the vehicle was stolen? Oh, well, gosh, if we started to withdraw police reports, then we'd lose credibility with the police. I mean, well, maybe you're doing that by filing, filing false reports in the first place. And what's crazy is, you know, you think, well, gosh, all the rental car companies are the same or something, but we don't seem to hear these stories in the same way or in the same amount. And I, it really seems like there have been some broken 
processes there. Most customers, this doesn't happen. To, you know, Hertz says, well, you know, most of the time when someone's arrested, uh, it is um, justified. Well, okay, most of the time, uh, what they're acknowledging is that there's a you know, non-zero you know, uh, time number of times where you know, people went legitimately and wind up being arrested because of it. And I've also had readers where you know they've gotten notices from Hertz for overdue vehicles uh, for states they've never been in, people who've never rented from Hertz at all. Um, I had somebody reach out to me about a week ago who had had a reservation with Hertz. They didn't actually rent the car. They didn't go pick it up. They didn't wind up at the airport to do it. Uh, and um, they got a bill by email anyway. The car was checked out. Was, it showed the odometer it had been driven in their name. So, you know, something seems something seems very amiss there. Uh, and it seems that Pirates is probably going to uh, pay a lot of money because of it. I'm going to start, Gary, with a story that some people think is apocryphal. It's not. It happened at the old Denver Stapleton Airport. And here's the story. It was Continental Airlines in those days, and their flight had just canceled. And with people at the gate... And now a, a huge line forms at the gate to have the airline start rebooking people. And there's one gate agent at the counter. And she's doing her best to accommodate everybody. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this guy muscles his way through the line, goes right up to the front of the counter, pushing people away and, say, and says, I need to be on this flight. It's got to be first class. And she said, sir, as you know, this flight canceled. I'm trying to accommodate everybody. I'm going to help you too. If you can just be a little patient. And he goes, do you have any idea who I am? And this gate agent was so incredible. She leaned down, picked up the PA microphone, and said the following. Attention, everybody at gate eight, uh, 33 and throughout the airport, we have a passenger here at gate 33 who does not know who he is. <laughs> at which point, this guy looked at her and, and basically said, blank you. And her response is, well, I'm sorry, sir, you're gonna have to, you'll have to stand in line for that, too. <laughs> At which point, everybody in line applauded, and tensions were completely reduced, and everybody went on their way, and everybody got rebooked. But the point is, with that story being an example, which is not apocryphal, why it's important to be nice to your gate agent, and you just wrote a story, Gary, about what happens when you're not. Right. So there's really two things here. The important lesson is how to get the best service. And it doesn't just apply to the airline. It applies in any business, especially any large business. But, you know, I had seen on social media, a woman shared video of a confrontation she had with an American Airlines gate agent at Dallas Fort Worth. And the woman working in the gate closed the, the, the door to the flight. The woman, you know, this, this passenger had run from her connecting flight you know, with a baby. She was traveling with other people. At the last minute, she shows up at the gate and she, it seems, was in the face of the gate agent, uh, wanting the gate agent to hold the flight. There were other passengers uh, that she wanted them to hold it for. And because instead of being you know, nice, she was abusive, the gate agent shut the door, maybe even a few minutes early. In fact, what you can see in the video was a passenger who came up after that. The gate agent opened the door, let that you know, other passenger through, and shut it behind them. So with the more abusive passenger, Standing at the gate, angry at the gate agent, and the you know the point here. Now, I, I don't think that the gate agent in this case behaved well. I think in your story, that's awesome and amazing. Um, in this particular case, the agent lost their cool. Shouldn't have shouldn't have behaved that way. However, you, you, the first thing that you have to remember whenever you have a problem with 
the airline, your flight gets canceled, it's almost always not the fault of whomever you're speaking to. So it makes no sense to take out your anger and frustration on the person who you want to help you. In fact, you really should be thinking of them as a person, not as the embodiment of the airline or of your cable company or your cell phone provider. That person that you're dealing with can choose to help you or they can choose not to help you. And you want them to help you. And you know, if you're just even one person in line in that customer service line after a canceled flight, they might want to move past you as quickly as they possibly can. Or they can go the extra mile for you. This is why I always you know, walk up to that customer service counter and I try to build a rapport. I joke with the person, you know, and I, I'm apologetic that I'm you know, one more person who uh, is uh, creating a problem for them and, and making their day harder than it otherwise would have been. And I, you know, I sympathize with them because they are dealing with unhappy person after unhappy person. And they're not the ones that made those people unhappy, right? And if you're, if you're, if you're nice, they'll help. My thanks to Gary. And now for the improbable travel story of 2022. The definition of online shopping perhaps changed when Christopher Wilson logged onto Craigslist. What he saw for sale became his obsession, and he actually bought an old cruise ship. How? Why? And where is that ship today? Captain Wilson, I presume, has the location of this ship with a past, and the reasons why he thinks it has a future. Welcome, sir. Well, thank you very much. Okay, now i got to ask the question. You've asked, I'm sure you've been asked it all the time. Why? You know, it, it didn't really start out, uh, you know, me entering into buying a cruise ship. I was actually a, a, a working in the tech world as one of the developers of some of the first virtual tour software. And I just really wanted a virtual tour of the ship. So I got a hold of the owner and, uh, and kind of posed as a potential buyer. But this was a ship that wasn't really going anywhere, was it? No, it was... Uh, Tell me per- about the ship. It's go- it goes back... Almost 70 years. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it was actually the first ship that Germany was permitted to build post-World War II. And it went on to... Uh, uh, you know, to it was to, a cruise ship. To, to, well, as a cruise ship. In 1960, it was converted to uh, Namakus Lines in, Greek, in Greece. But it was first built in 1955. Yes, 1955, as, as a ferry. Right. And then converted into a cruise ship. And then... And then it, uh, it, it actually started its movie career in James Bond's uh, From Russia With Love. It was the Spectre headquarters. Now we're talking. Okay. And it you know, went on to find the West Coast after uh, the Greek entity sold it to a business on the West Coast. And it cruised uh, from Mexico to California, clear up to uh, Alaska. It had its, uh, it had its uh, day. And then it got parked where? On the California Delta, pretty much near abandoned and rusty and looking terrible. And that's how you found it. And that's how I found it. Okay, so you're minding your own business. You see this thing listed. You go see the owner, and you buy it on Craigslist? Well, I didn't necessarily buy it on Craigslist. But, but you I found did, it on I Craigslist. I did find it on Craigslist, yes. And can I ask a stupid question? When you sell a, a ship of this size on Craigslist, did it have a price listed? Yeah, the price was kind of all over the place, anywhere from around 650000 to up over a million dollars. 
So, um, so you go meet the owner. Yes. And by the way, let me ask you another question. What did you know about boats? Anything? Not a thing. I, this this was my first first ship. (laughs) Yeah. Well now, now I know plenty though. I bet. I bet. So you meet with the owner and you negotiate a price. Yes. And then did you just pay all cash? Uh, no, we kind of worked out uh, kind of a deal, uh, profit sharing over time, that kind of thing. But it, right. it, then it wound up, uh, the deal wound up changing over time, and then we just kind of cashed it out. Because the minute you get on that ship, the first thing you notice is, we got work to do. Lots of work. Yeah, here's a ship that's been sitting there for a couple of decades, and what happens when a ship sits around for decades? Well, especially if it's in salt water, it doesn't do so well. So, you know, it... it, it so at it this point, did you get on the ship and go, what have I done? Not at all. No, I haven't regretted it one minute since. But you had to put together a lot of help to fix it. Yes, a lot. What, well, and what did you do? Uh, you know, scouted out volunteers and scouted out... Uh, one thing we have now that we didn't have a long time ago was we, we have networking. So you can find just about anything online for cheap or free. So we scouted out new paint, new, new materials, new everything, including volunteers, and started putting it back together. What was your pitch to get the volunteers to do this? Uh, save a piece of history. And how much work have you done on it so far? We've done a lot, but we still have a long way to go. It's, it's kind of a lifelong project, and it's kind of like the Golden Gate Bridge. So you start on one end, and by the time you're to the other end, you've you got to start, start all over all again. Over again. Yeah. <laughs> which proves the point that a boat is a big round hole in which you throw money. Well, yeah, you throw quite a bit of money into it, but it's, it's all worth it, I think. So do you have a timeline as to when you're going to be able to really finish the project? Um, well, the project will never be finished, but we, we should have it uh, able to open to the public within two or three years, I would think. Now, you know, this ship's vintage reminds me of another ship that we actually broadcast from with our good friend Peter Canego, who's been on this show many times, because he's the all-time great ship historian, and that's the Astoria. Yes. Uh, which, of course, has had 11 different owners and nine different names, but its most notorious name was the Stockholm, because back in July of 1956, it was the Stockholm that rammed into the famed Italian liner, the Andrea Doria, and sank her. Um, and we never, never thought that this ship would even recover as well. Not only did it recover, at the time we were on it, it was the oldest sailing cruise ship in the world. And it's still around. Yeah, I'm very familiar with the, uh, with the Stockholm and the Astoria. And it's a ship that I'm kind of directly involved with today. Trying to save it trying to save it. And, you know, it's not going to take much because it's a beautiful ship, but, but it's got its challenges as well as with all these old ships. Yep. But you know what? I'm glad to see somebody rescued it because when the pandemic hit, its parent corporation was liquidated. They lost all their ships and half of them, I think, were scrapped. And uh, just this one was saved. Yeah. And the, and the guy who is uh, actually put up the money to save it and is putting a, a lot of effort towards it, he, he has the heart for this type of uh, work. Does he have the deep pockets for it? And he has very deep pockets. <laughs> so are you going to keep the name Aurora? Yes, absolutely. And what was your biggest challenge? I mean, you had the ship that needed all this work. What was the one that went, what was the uh-oh moment? Um, there hasn't really been an uh-oh moment, but uh, you, you would think that restoring the ship is the biggest challenge. Not, not really. It's, it's, it's all of the, uh, 
you know, ships are controversial no matter what you do, you know, especially old ships that require work. So I, I think it's, uh, you, you know, it's, it's trying to deal with all of the, the local agencies and things like that. That, But I think, uh, I think we've gotten through quite a bit of that, and a lot of people see our vision, so, so we're, we're pretty happy about that. And can people come visit the ship? Um, well, right now it's not open to the public, but, but so many people come and visit it from the outside and we'll, you know, on an occasion, uh, we'll take them in on a tour or, uh, Is there a website? Um, it's, well, we have a YouTube channel, which is Aurora Restoration Project, a Facebook page, which is the same, and an Instagram, and a website is currently being built. But people can access it on those other platforms. Oh, uh, the, uh, the YouTube channel is by far growing fast. It's a beautiful, uh, we, we have a lot of video of what we're doing, and we put something up just about every week. And if somebody wants to come and volunteer, how do they do that? Uh, contact me through Facebook. Okay. And the name, of course, is? Aurora Restoration Project. Okay. Amazing story. And, you know, I saw some of that YouTube video, and the amount of paint alone... How much are we talking about? Uh, you know, to do two coats on the outside, it takes about 50 to 60 gallons. Okay, but then you're doing it all the time. Every, probably every three years. But, I mean, we, we keep painting consistently, but that's, that's about a, a coat. And the ship is now located in Stockton, California. Stockton, California. All right. And you, can, and you can see it. I mean, even if you can't board it right now, you can see it. Oh, you can drive right up to it. Really? Yeah. Okay, I, I got to go see this ship. I got to do it. Was this the only, I mean, when you think about online and online buying, this is probably the first time somebody, somebody through Craigslist ever bought something this big. I, I haven't heard of anybody doing anything like this, you know, ever, anywhere in the world. No regrets? No regrets. My thanks to Christopher, to Brian Owens, and to Gary Leff. And my thanks to you for listening to this Ion Travel podcast. For more conversations with the world's leaders in travel, as well as answers to your travel questions, just be sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. And for all the breaking travel news, you know what to do. Just log on to petergreenberg.com. The Ion Travel Podcast is produced by Amanda Morris and Anthony Protis-Chung. For more content from Peter Greenberg and the Ion Travel team, visit petergreenberg.com. Ion Travel is a production of CBS News Radio. If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com/survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sant from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings.
Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.